You are now jumping into the trenches with the Toulons, Thule and Ralph, where we pull back the curtain on what marriage and relationships are really about. So let's start the show. Hey everyone, it's Ralph. And this is Thule. And we are here today with an author by the name of Sean Brayton. Did I say that right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we are here to talk with him. He has over 10 books. Am I correct? No, not that many. Probably like seven. Seven. Okay. That's what it is. Seven books ranging around marriage, relationships, and dating. So we're going to jump right on into this. So Sean, what is your status as of right now? Um, my status is engaged, mm-hmm. or some may say single. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been engaged for? I've been engaged for one year. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And how long did you court this young lady? We courted for a little, about two years. Oh, that was good. Can you take us through that process? Because in one of your books, you do state that there is a difference between dating and courting. Mm-hmm. And do you want to go into that just a little bit? For some people, because I definitely know that a lot of people don't know there is a difference. Hmm. How do I put this <laughs> in a nice nutshell? Because I have a lot to say about it. I'll start with this. I'm an expert on dating. And when I say I'm an expert on dating, I dated a lot. I got mm-hmm. my heart broken a lot and I broke a lot of people's hearts. I am not, however, an expert on courtship only because courtship was something it's something that's fairly new to me. Like I studied it for a number of years. I wrote about it, but it's really different when you're actually doing it as opposed to just having the head knowledge. Right. So the relationship that I'm currently in is actually my first courtship. So it was really kind of challenging because I'm writing about this. I'm actually speaking about this, even preaching about this. And then I get into a courtship and I'm like, wow, this is actually a little bit harder than I thought it was. On the surface, dating, you know, again, I'm not defining, you know, everyone's situation because I know, you know, situations vary, but dating is typically just two people getting to know each other um, romantically. And that's for the most part, the most of the definition. Right. Courtship, two people coming together with marriage in view. So one of the main differences is that courtship usually has intention or intent to marry. What I practice and what I preach by God's grace is something called Christian courtship, which is two people coming together to determine whether it's God's will for them to be married or not. In regular courtship, I think it's a little bit it's a little bit presumptuous, you know, because you're not necessarily considering if God would have you to marry this person. You already said, "I want to marry this person," so you're moving forward. Right. So it is better than just dating because dating for me is you're wasting time. You know, you're two people are exploring each other physically, emotionally, financially, but they don't really have a clear aim, a direction that they're going in. They just like each other and they just want to see where this goes. No goal in in mind, no goal at the end of this. We're just in a status of pause, basically, but investing in each other with no end goal in sight. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Right. So I did a lot of that. That's why when I say I'm an expert, I'm not trying to sound like like the man. Like I'm trying to play myself. I know a lot about getting my heart broken. So if you want, if you have any questions about what you shouldn't do, you can see (laughs) me because I know exactly what you shouldn't do because I did a lot of that. Okay. Well, me and you have that in common. <laughs> See, we got to be real. Moment. Hey, look, man, it takes a while to figure it out. But the, the yeah, way that yeah. you just defined it was it's pretty accurate. So with you saying that, um, I do see here that because you've gotten your heart broken, it motivate, motivated you to write these books. Yeah. What was the premise of this heartbreak? Like what happened in this relationship for it to end and motivate you to doing something great? I would say that, you know, I, I was born and raised in a church, mm-hmm. but it was never something that resonated with me. I, you know, despised my religion. And, you know, as a result, you know, the relationships that I, were in, that I was in, you know, the women weren't, you know, of the same belief that I was of. So, so what religion me, were they 
practicing, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I would say no religion. You know, there would be professed believers. As a matter of fact, my the first relationship that I was actually in, she wasn't a believer. You know, and then the next significant relationship that I was in, she was a professed Catholic. But, you know, at the same time, it's just by name. There was no active, there was no active involvement, you know, as far as church and all of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So yes. she's talking to talk, not walking it. Well, not really. Not see that. Not even really talking to talk. She was just, you know, you know, Catholic. But that's it. <laughs> you know, not, not even really a professed Catholic. Just yeah, my parents used to go to the mass on Christmas, and I guess I'm a Catholic. So that's basically. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So most of my relationships, you know, that was the, you know, that's the type of um, relationships I had, and then the last relationship that I was in you know, and where I went through this breakup, she was just um, agnostic. She had no type of belief system. But for me, it's like, even though I didn't necessarily have a deep appreciation for my religion, you know, slowly but surely, I started to appreciate it more and more. The relationships that I were in before, they they wanted nothing to do with my religion. It's what Christians would, would call unequally yoked. Right. They wanted nothing to do with my religion at all. Now, when I got to this last relationship that I was in, she had a very, very deep interest in my religion. You know, so that put her in a whole different category from all of the women, you know, that I was with in my past. And that made her more interesting to you probably as well. Definitely, yeah. You know, when it comes to that relationship, she went the whole nine. Like, she actually, you know, was baptized into my religion. Wow. And did all of these things. And then it was funny, like, you know, there was times when I was like, wait a minute, she's more interested in God than I am. Right. She wants to have Bible study. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? You know, so that relationship was one that, you know, it just showed me how God could just work on people, you know, because I was honestly, I was honestly kind of holding her back, you know, from her growth in Christ. But mm-hmm. then when it ended, you know, it really shattered my heart because I saw you know, how much this person really, really loved me and put up with me for so many years. And then also I really was able to see the grace of God in her. You know, the relationship ended and, you know, it devastated me. And I saw the ending of the relationship and I still do as a huge blessing because that breakup was the reason why I, you know, surrendered my heart to Jesus totally. Before then, I was just a hypocrite. I was, you know, I was the worst of the worst. I'm still, I'm still bad. I'm in bad shape, but I was like worse back then. You know? Right. You're a work in progress. I'm a work. Yeah. I'm a work in progress. But that relationship was the, the ending of that relationship really made me want to just like surrender my all to Christ. And again, that's why, you know, I believe God called me into this ministry because I see how, you know, the great of an impact that relationships can have on people. Wow. Now, if you don't mind me asking, what happened for the breakup to happen? Because you you stated that how uh, profound it was for you and how devastating it was. What happened so that y'all had to separate being that she has such a great impact on you and you getting closer to God and your relationship to where y'all had to end it? So I was definitely unconverted. And first of all, we started off on the wrong, but, on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we, the relationship started, it was a lust, it was a lustful relationship when it first mm-hmm. started off. And I was very insecure. The relationship before that, you know, I walked out of it really dis- despising, you know, the, the previous ex because, you know, she, you know, she lied about a lot of things and we had a really bad breakup. So I jumped into this next relationship. This, so the breakup, you know, the breakup that caused me to surrender to God was actually a rebound relationship. Wow. So there was a lot of insecurities. And, you know, I remember her telling me one lie in the very early stages of our relationship. And, you know, it caused me to really have doubts. And from there, I really, I felt like I really was, I really liked her. But I I never really got a chance to love her because, again, it was a lot of infatuation, a lot of lust, a lot of insecurity. And then I just, 
you know, I feel like I just wasn't the man I was supposed to be. I, I lied. I even cheated. And, you know, I wasted her time for about four years, you know, wow. back and forth, off and on, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I feel like it took me, you know, it took me around the time that the relationship ended to really love her, you know, and that's what I, I think that contributed to my heart being broken so badly. You know, because I saw how somebody was able to put up with me for so long and and still stay, you know, when they were finally done with the relationship. That's when you were you know, starting heart... to to love them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. OK. Yeah, that that is something. I think that's how normally it works, though, with with guys. Because <laughs> mm. yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of guys, they meet someone they really didn't have intentions on maybe being with like that or pursuing like that and when kind of just like okay it's a rebound i'm trying to get over someone else mm-hmm. and then ends up after a couple of years has gone by getting attached and really falling for the person but then by that time the young lady is done with you because you've Checked already out. yeah you've already used up all your get out of jail free cards <laughs> you know you just mm-hmm. and then she's like okay i'm done when you're just now checking in yeah. Yeah. Does the redefinition of a man in that book specifically pertain to this situation? That book speaks about it to a degree, but not as much as that book just share, you know, I share my testimony. Like I basically talk about some experience in high school, some experiences in um in college, and then, you know, I compare that to the who I am today in Christ and who, you know, the type of man that I feel like God is calling all men to be as opposed to the man who is just in the world and that's why that's definitely who i was so that's what i'm that's what i'm comparing in there and then i talk about the different x's in that that book the redefinition of a man as opposed to you know another book where i would highlight more so in that relationship okay gotcha now with this relationship and i'm guessing also previous relationships as well as you stated kind of like help you to build your story with these books. What are some of the misconceptions that you had about dating and relationships that you know now are misconceptions? So I believe there's a, there's like a process or it's like, it's like, you know, how we say levels is levels to this. Yes. (laughs) In dating, you know, back then I was in my early twenties and, you know, if I was to do it all over again, I would never date in my early 20s. I would wait until I was a little more secure in who I am and in my relationship with God. And also, you know, for those who are, you know, non-Christian, I believe these values are very, very, um, you know, relatable, to, you know, regardless of your background or your belief system. What I believe now is that most of your schooling or if not all of your schooling should be completed. And I believe that you also should obviously be financially stable. You shouldn't be in debt. You know, you should be aware of your credit score. You should be even doing some bookkeeping, you know, looking at, you know, where you're spending your money, how you're spending your money. You should have, you know, a savings account, et cetera. These are all things that's going to put you in a better position to love and to have a happy marriage. And again, when it comes to dating, these are not things that people typically are aware of and, you know, so again, dating is you like somebody enough, so y'all gonna y'all gonna you know take things to the to the next level. You're friends and you like each other, you're gonna take things to the next level. As opposed to courtship, I have to make sure certain things are in place before I explore my heart with this next person. It's like a building. You know, when it comes to a building, you don't just buy the materials and start building. You have to lay a foundation, and depending on how serious you think this this relationship will be you're making sure you lay a deep foundation so when it comes to being single i believe that singleness is your you know your preparation time it's not just i'm lonely and i can't wait to have companionship because you know as far as the bible is concerned genesis 2:18, god put that desire you know for companionship in adam's heart we're social beings but at the same time we have to really make sure that we have certain things in place so that when love does come, you know, we'll have more time to laugh and be happy and be productive as opposed to arguing, fighting, 
and breaking up and making up. That's not God's plan for, for his people, for anyone. For right. When you were dating and even maybe dating your fiance now, what were some of the hurdles in the relationship that, that help you now as learning lessons that you teach to people? But there's a story in the Bible where a Jewish leader comes to Christ and he, you know, he's asked, he's talking to Christ and Christ tells him that in order to get into the kingdom, he has to be born again. And he's like, what, how can a man go through the, you know, his mother's womb twice? And he didn't really get it. But you know, the whole message is, is that there's a conversion period process that has to happen. So for me, there's many things that I had to unlearn. You know, I used to be very, very romantic, you know, a poet, you know, I used to use my words, you know, to, to, um, not seduce women, but to, to gain women's approval. And, you know, these are things that I had to really ask God to detox from my system. I used to love R&B. And a lot of my inspiration came from the, you know, from these songs that I used to listen to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my, the music I used to listen to was actually perverted. You know, so I had to really unlearn a lot of these things that I used to um, do. And then coming from a background where I was, you know, fornicating, I had to really ask God for victory so that I don't, I don't tarnish this new gift that he gave to me. So I also, you know, another conviction I have is, you know, we, we have never kissed. And oh. that's something that God showed me. And this is coming from somebody who used to kiss all of his, you know, previous girlfriends. Yeah. So I had to... It's not even a boundary thing. I had to literally be born again for God to, it's like learning how to walk. Like I broke my legs and I had to learn how to walk all over again. So there's boundaries in place and, you know, we can't be too close. We don't, you know, talk on the phone really late at night. And I could actually even tell you 1030 is our cutoff time. And these are things that God showed me that it's not that he wants to be rigid and it's not that. He doesn't want us to to experience love and be affectionate. Is that when you think about the definition that I shared about courtship earlier, it's two people coming together to determine whether it's God's will for them to be married or not in the future. So this, who I'm courting or who I'm engaged to, she's not my wife. And if she's not my wife, and I'm not exactly sure, because we're still determining God's will, and I'm talking more about courtship right now. When you're courting, you're determining. When you're engaged... You're, you're more sure that it's God's will, but you're still open to, to his direction. Right. Because engagement is not definite marriage. Right. But when you're courting, you're, you're, you're not sure. You, you, know, you know that God allowed you, you two to meet and you've, you know, based on his providence, you could see him leading, but you're, you're, you're considering, you're examining the person's character. So when you're in that, you know, you don't want to get too close. You know why? Because when you hear God say, this is not the one, it hurts and you walk away heartbroken. You walk away despising that person, even harboring resentment for God. And that's not his will. So, you know, I just had to, I had to relearn a lot. I had to relearn how I'm supposed to treat a woman, how I'm supposed to, you know, not get too close, not use my, my poetry or my charm or my, my romance to kind of flatter and to, flirt and all of these things i used mm-hmm. to be very flirtatious so oh, i noticed all of these things are not really going to help me protect this young lady's heart and god wants me to protect her heart as her brother in christ as her friend and you know when we get married that's when we can unfetter and we can you know most of the not most but all the romance that you were holding back now you can you know safely do it on you know in the confines of marriage and i'm not, I'm not saying there's no romance at all but, you know, you want to save most of, of the romance, you know, until marriage. What I was going to say was that I understand what you were saying about, you know, no kissing and, you know, cutting the conversation off at 10, 1030 and, you know, definitely not living together, spending the night, things like that, because I feel those could be distractions if you're trying to court someone in the right way. You want to have a fresh mind to listen to what God is trying to tell you about this person, if this person may be the one for you, or to really have a clear mind um, that this person is for you. So, because these 
other distractions could play on your decision to making this person your husband or wife. Whereas if you had no distractions whatsoever and you are focused on actually getting to know this person for who they really are, then you can make a clear decision of, yes, this is somebody that I can spend the rest of my life with. And you know what I'm saying? In marriage. So that's what, you know, I understand why. Cause I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like getting off the phone at 1030, like y'all can't even kiss. Yeah. But sometimes kissing just for like me and my husband, me and my husband, we uh, had sex the first time we met each other. I didn't know him from, <laughs> from Adam, I guess you could say, but we met through a friend and we kissed, I guess like hour 36 or whatever like that. And by hour 40, we were having sex. Um, and you know, that doesn't happen for everyone to where they married that person. But at the same time, that was a distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, so he could have saw things in me where he was like, okay, yes, I do like her and I could possibly marry her, but maybe things wouldn't have happened as fast as they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's, um, you know, that distraction that you mentioned is, is the emotions. You know, when we're too emotionally involved, it tends to cloud our judgment. So like you were saying, like, you know, if, you know, if you're so, if you're physical with this person, you guys are kissing and doing all of these things, this person may not have the, the, the character that you need to grow as a woman, but you can't see because you're so emotionally involved. Or this person may have the character, but you guys are not compatible. You guys don't have the same personality styles and all you guys are going to do is just not get along. You're not going to be happy, but you can't see it because you're emotionally involved. So yeah, yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole idea. We don't want to, you know, invest too much too soon to the point where it clouds our judgment. In life, we have all these distractions and we live life thinking that, you know, if we, if we date or we court or whatever our concept of that is, that we can be successful in a, in a relationship. But I was saying, you know, this is my second marriage and I learned a lot from the first marriage of the things that I shouldn't have been doing to allow me to be successful this time around. I believe uh, the focus allowed me to really understand what was needed for my end and the changes that I needed to make personally in order for for me to be successful in being a spouse. Mm. So my, my question to you was, how difficult was it to get to this point? It was extremely difficult. <sighs> you know, I used to I used to love a lot of um, rap and a lot of music, but I noticed that God had to wean me off of these things before I got into the courtship. So the breakup that I had that caused me to surrender my life to Christ happened in 2012. The courtship or the engagement that I'm in now, that courtship actually began in 2016. So I was single for about four, you know, going on five years. And that was my wilderness experience. That was me really learning how to love God and love myself, see past my insecurities, trust again. I can't trust another person if I can't trust God. So God had to really allow me to spend time with him and then wean me off of some of these things like the music I was listening to. You know, I was celibate, you know, 100% celibate, you know, and these things had to be out of my system before I even met her. You know, so when I met her, I wasn't struggling with, with fornication. I wasn't struggling with, with um, you know, pornography. I wasn't struggling with even secular music. But I think a lot of the self-control came when I was able to control my diet. You know, I became a vegetarian about, I want to say, 10 years ago. And more recently, about four years, four years ago, I became a vegan. But I believe that diet, you know, if you're able to control your eating habits and you have self-control in the area of your diet, you'll also have self-control in other areas of your life. I agree. Yeah, totally I definitely agree. agree with that. Yeah, I totally agree. This diet is probably the hardest thing to change. Yeah, because food is just like love. It's, it's everything. Right. <laughs> You know, going back to the dating versus courting book, 
did you wrote that book in 2016? Um, or published it in 2016? Yes, 2016. Yeah. So. Okay. So the summary of the book I felt was basically like the message of our podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. was something like people have twisted the idea of love and romance and have mixed up the concept of dating and courtship, mm-hmm. which is basically the reason why we started this podcast is because we were feeling like, even though we weren't even married yet, I had, I guess, a window into what marriage looked like because the majority of my friends were married. And then JT, he has two really good best friends that had been married for a while that he kind of like had an insight into what marriage was, was really about. But I don't think mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't have that insight into friends or sometimes even family members who actually like are very transparent about their marriage. So you, mm-hmm. as someone who's single, you can actually know what to look forward to because people just think like, once you get over that threshold, it's just like, everything is just going to be magical and and wonderful and it's going to be like these movies that you see and that's not really how it is like it even gives love a bad name because mm. when you're in love it's, it's not what you think it is it's not the butterflies that you feel it's not that warm little fluffy feeling that's not even love especially when it comes to marriage <laughs> like mm. not at all but i wanted to ask like you do um, state that you give like advice and insight that you share in a book. And what is some of the advice and insight that you would give someone who's single and they're just one track, they're focused on being married, but may not actually want to be married for the right intentions or may not just know what it's, what it's really going to take to get there. What is some of that advice and insight that you get from the book? Okay. Well, the first thing that I would suggest is you have to really take the idea of marriage out of your mind. Like, it's so hard to do because, again, we have an innate desire for companionship. And outside of that innate desire, there's societal pressures. You know, all of your friends are married, just like you said. You know, you guys had friends that were married. And when you see your friends married, it kind of leaves an impact on you. You're like, when is it when we you know when when is my marriage gonna happen? Right. When is it gonna so be that, me? Yeah, that's something you can't avoid. But what you can do is take control of your situation. And in doing so, marriage won't be the overwhelming theme of your life. Love won't be the overwhelming theme. So when you meet every guy or when you meet every girl at the back of your mind, you're thinking, I wonder if this is the one. That shouldn't be the thing you're thinking every you know, when you meet someone, because that could be really confusing. That could be really overwhelming, you know? So you have to take the idea of being married out of your mind as much as possible, avoid it because that's going to distract you. And then secondly, you have to, you know, I hate to, you know, make it, you know, about God and everything, but that's, this is what works for me. This is what, what has worked for many people I know. A relationship with God, a relationship with God will definitely be, you know, the biggest thing that can happen to you and prepare you for all of the blessings he has for you. It's a scripture in Matthew 6.33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things is whatever God wants to bless you with, marriage, a family, that job, whatever it is, your primary goal should be God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then I would say prepare. You know, the Bible teaches this amazing principle in, in, the, in the book of James. It says faith without works is dead. So some people believe in marriage. They even want to get married, but they're not doing anything about it. When I say doing anything, they're not growing as a person. They're not making themselves to be more interesting. They're not making, you know, increasing their worth. And when I say increasing your worth, you know, we're, put, we're, we're here to learn and grow. When I say grow intellectually, physically, mentally, you know, learn something new, learn, learn a trade, learn how to do something around the house. If you're a guy, learn how to cook. You know, if you're still, if you're still untidy, if you still, you know, don't like to do laundry, learn how to do some laundry, right? Because when you get married, (laughs) these are some things that's going to really, really bring unhappiness to your marriage. If you're messy, Nobody wants to walk into a messy house. No. You know, so some of these are things that we have to really 
learn and really be practical. Like you said, you said earlier, you know, some of us have this understanding that marriage is some fairy tale. I once heard someone say, you know, the girl who wants to be married, she's just like dreaming all day. Yeah, it's going to be so nice. I'm going to be laid up in the bed and he's going to come through the door with his muscles popping out of his wife beater with breakfast. <laughs> and he's going to feed right. breakfast in bed every single day. And then he's like, yo, I can't repeat to get married. I'm going to be in the bed all laid up. She's going to come through the door with pancakes and what I'm about. And she's going to feed me. And the rea- yo, when the reality hits, people are getting divorced because this, this is like, wait, this is not what I signed up for. Exactly. That's exactly we, what happens. Yeah, we got to learn how to work. We, like God created us to be working people, but not just working people, happy people. And if we're working, if we're diligent, if we're aspiring, if we're challenging ourselves, if we're not trying to be lazy and just trying to have somebody serve us, because marriage is really about selflessness. It's really about you serving your wife and the wife serving the husband. That's what marriage is really about. And if that's, if that's what you know, your mindset is, you'll have more happiness and more of what God wants you to have. I totally so again, agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that because... You know, we joke and we laugh about it on this podcast because my husband, he struggles with chores. Uh, with what? <laughs> chores. I struggle with chores. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just spoke to me. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you my secret when, when, when you're done. <laughs> so, so everything you were saying, you know, um, it basically pertained to us because we didn't do it the right way. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing that we preach on this podcast is transparency. Like I can't help anybody even with my story or if I bring somebody on, they can't help if you're not transparent and you're not fully honest. So when we were saying like, there's no judgment here, like we've put it all out there, Mm. you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, even a lot of podcasts that are on relationships and marriage, they've been married for like uh, five years or even more. And they just talk about things that you may go through in a marriage or, you know, tips to give you to have a happier, healthier marriage and things like that. We're going through the process like now, and we're taking everybody on the journey with us because we got married August of what, 2017. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still newlyweds. Yes. In August of 2018, we started the podcast. So it's like we're taking everybody on the journey with us. And one of the things that is a struggle for us in the marriage is chores. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even know this until like doing research and things for the podcast that one of the number is is the third reasons why people get divorced Mm -hmm. is chores. Really? Yes. So, of course, number one is financial. I think uh, two is like infidelity. And then the third one is chores. I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. We're putting you on before you even get there, my brother. Well, I appreciate that because I didn't even know. I didn't know chores was on the list. Yes. And and then it's because we we do. We, We play on it because that's basically my personality. We don't argue, but I kind of like deal with difficult conversations in a kind of like jokingly manner because one, I don't feel like you have to be serious all the time. I just want to be able to get my point across without making you feel a type of way or uncomfortable and vice versa. So if I can kind of play up like, okay, babe, like, okay, you really need to do these, these, these chores or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, it's just like, it's, it's still a recurring thing. And then it gets annoying. It gets frustrating for your spouse. It's like, okay, well, so why don't you want to help me? So how mm-hmm. you were saying, like, these are things, there's a reason why you kind of court this way. Because mm-hmm. we basically, we dated. <laughs> so yeah. we didn't, we didn't court. There we was dated. No there was, was no courting. Dating. Yeah. We actually did speed dating. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, the transparency is so helpful for many people. Yeah. Know? And so it's like we're we're now going through it and we're figuring it out along the way. And it is harder this way, but as you, as you say, prepare. Like I even prepared myself for being married one day 
And that helps with you not just sitting around waiting for that person to come. But some people think they're already there. They're already together when, honey, you're not because then you would have that person. You Mm -hmm. need to prepare because there are things that you don't like and you already have the mindset, well, my husband's going to have to do that because I'm not going to do it. Or my wife is going to have to do that because I don't like doing it. But guess what? You're going to have to do it. But you're not in that mindset. So why would I send you somebody when you already have a list of things you're not going to do when you want somebody to cater to you, but you're not willing to cater as well? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I definitely agree. Yeah. For me personally, anytime that I'm not really speaking to God or listening is always when I have a bunch of my problems. Um, A bunch of what? When I have a bunch of issues, anytime that I decide to finally pay attention and listen is when everything tends to go the way that you want it to. Yeah. Uh, and it's, this it's very, it's a, it allows you to be self-aware of when you're not paying attention. And the, every time that I decided that, okay, let me just dedicate building this relationship with God and finally receiving these blessings and, you know, listening to what he's trying to tell me. I mean, life is good. You know, I, you you go through your ups and downs, right? That's just part of it. But as long as you continuously rely on faith, I mean, anything is possible. So mm. that's that's kind of what I've been, you know, that was my struggles earlier. And I, that was a big problem in my first marriage. And had I listened to him bef- beforehand, I probably would have never got married the first time in the first place. But, you know, you, you tend to listen or try to believe that doing an admirable thing is what's right. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, it was the complete opposite of what I should have done. Yeah. Whether whether other people are telling me that what I'm doing is wrong, it shouldn't matter. As long as I'm listening to God, I should be put in the right direction. But, you know, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I've learned tremendously from that. And it has allowed me to be a better person as well as, as, well as a better man or father, as well as a husband, friend. But I, I did have one question for you. So um, you have, you have like seven books, correct? Mm-hmm. And of all of the books, which one has had the biggest impact on your life thus far? Oh, man. This book that I wrote, The Most Beautiful Arrangement of Broken. And this book came, it came at a place, it came during a time where it was crazy. Uh, it was so crazy because, you know, I'm going through this conversion experience. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm not dating. I'm not courting. I'm just trying to get to know God, but I still have this this desire to be with women. You know, it's it's just like it just won't sleep. But you know, I said, you know what? I'm learning about courtship, and I want to try this thing out. But I I didn't necessarily, you know, have all of the dating mindset, the dating habits. It wasn't really cleansed out of my system. So, you know, I met I met a young lady on Instagram and you know, totally infatuated with her from day one. And we just started vibing as, you know, as they say, and we were talking every single day and like on the phone all night. And long story short, it led to me being so like puppy love, like infatuated with her that I actually went, uh, you know, I went to go meet her and she lived in Oregon. And it didn't end well, you know, and it showed me something. It was just like, yo, I'm still a babe. Like, I'm still I'm still new to this. Like, I thought I knew it all because I read all of these books. I, I was like, I learned from all my mistakes, Lord. And here I am falling again so hard for another girl, like falling real hard. And I'm like, you know what? This is like some epidemic. This infatuation thing is serious. <laughs> I'm going to study this and I'm going to write about it because I don't want people to go through this, that I, you know, this experience. It's like, it hurts, you know, and the most beautiful original broken in that book, I start to share that story with her, with that girl who I was totally infatuated with. And I shouldn't be in this experience. You know why? Because like, like I learned so much. I had my heart broken 2012 and I'm learning how to walk again. And I fall right back into this silly situation. There was no fornication or nothing like that. But at the same time, I definitely did not please God with my decisions because it was infatuation. I let her on. She let me on. I flirted. She flirted. And time was wasted. Money was wasted. That's not God's will. 
So, you know, why am I back here? That's what I kept telling myself. Why am I here? And, you know, what I saw in her at the time was she was the most beautiful arranged in book. And then it reminded me of my ex. And then it reminded me of myself. And then I looked at women and I'm like, you know what? Every single woman is the most beautiful arrangement of broken until they find Christ. So, you know, that was the message. And that's still the message. The message is that, you know, until we find Christ, we'll always be the most beautiful arrangement of broken. And some people are like, what are you talking about? I ain't broken. We're all broken spiritually. All broken. Yeah. Spiritually. You know, we may not be broken emotionally, all of us. Some of us are. Some of us aren't. May not be broken physically. May not be broken financially, but we're all broken spiritually. We're all fallen. We're all defective in character. And that is one thing that the gospel of Jesus Christ offers that other religions don't offer. They don't have a solution to the sin problem. And that's only, that's, you know, that's something that we only find in Jesus. So I know that was kind of long, but, you know, the title just means a lot to me because you know, it's it's what I saw in myself. Until I learned how to love Jesus and love Christ, I am forever broken. But even in my brokenness, God still looks at me and sees me to be beautiful. That was perfect. <laughs> right, I could I couldn't say any better. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like you did, like you said, a lot of people think that they're not broken, that they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, I get my blessings every day. I got a good job and car. But there is, and you know, in that sinking pit of your stomach, there is something there that is broken, that you wish mm-hmm. was different, that you wish, you know, it, I wish I was like Sharon or I wish I had that. Like it, it, a little piece that's broken where if you weren't broken, then that those things wouldn't bother you. Exactly. You wouldn't you wouldn't wish for those things. You wouldn't envy somebody else who has something that you don't have. And mm-hmm. we were all born into imperfectness. So mm-hmm. you're going to be broken regardless. And just your task is to be as close to God as you possibly can. Mm. You know, and I want to go back to something that you said that struck me how um like I think it was with courting, I think you were saying like what the scripture when you uh oh faith without works mm-hmm. but the thing is i also think a lot of people put in the work but aren't sincere like mm-hmm. you're you're faking it mm-hmm. like you're faking or like your intentions aren't what they what you're trying to show like you go to church and you you know you put on this mask and you go to Bible study, but at the end of the day, you're really just doing this. You're kind of trying to show God, look, I'm going to church. I'm going to Bible oh, study. Yeah. Now give me what I want. Yeah. <laughs> what oh, in your man. heart, you're not right. <laughs> oh man. You know, like, okay. So I said, I was going to be celibate. I wasn't going to have sex and do all these things. Now, God, you see what I'm doing. Okay. So where's my husband? Where's mm. my wife? Why isn't God giving me what I want? Because you're not pure at heart. You're not doing it for the right reasons. You're not saying, let me focus on myself. Let me try to focus and listen to what God is telling me. Because, you know, I think I've said this on before on the podcast. Before mm-hmm. I met my husband, I too was celibate. I wasn't um, having sex with anyone. And I did that because I had just came out of a relationship, one that, wasn't a good relationship. I definitely wasn't supposed to be in it. I wasn't happy in it. Mm-hmm. And I had to fast that away because I feel that anytime you lay down with someone, you take a piece from them, whether mm-hmm. it's something toxic or whether it's something positive, you still take something away from them when you lay down with them. Mm-hmm. And when you don't really know someone, that person can be negative, that person can be toxic, that person can be a whole bunch of bad things but you're so infatuated with them and the lust and stuff that you have sex with them. Sex is good. Sex is fun. But then all of a sudden you start having negative thoughts. You all, all of a sudden start being toxic to other friends and family. And you're trying to wonder why, like what's the change? Because you took that piece on from that person. And Mm -hmm. so I had to fast to one, get rid of him from me Mm. to cleanse myself to like, kind of like clean the slate. 
yeah. you know, and to be ready to start fresh. So I did, I think, like two weeks. I did not actually eat during the work day mm-hmm. and read my scriptures, just tried to listen to what, you know, God was trying to tell me. I told him, don't send me anyone that isn't for me and who is not going to treat me right. Amen. Do not. Mm. So in that time, I wasn't looking for anybody to come my way. I wasn't looking for anything. I was just doing me, having fun, and just waiting. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they get so caught up, and I've been single for so long, or I've been through all these bad relationships, and people keep doing me wrong. Okay, so I'm going to sit and wait and be patient, but you're not really be patient because you're so consumed and overwhelmed by it. Why is it taking so long? Why is that? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> looking at the time. You're yes, you're just watching five, the clock. Five days. <laughs> right. God, it's been five years. Come on, God. <laughs> Hello? What? <laughs> so I think when you do that, that's when he's just like, well, I'm going to take as much time as I want to because you're not you're not going through the process. You're just trying to rush me. I totally agree. Me as well. I mean, it was it's funny because, you know, she's doing all of this stuff and then we start dating and I'm doing her terribly wrong because I'm still not in the right state of mind or in the right place. Mm-hmm. That that significant other or that spouse yet, you know, because I'm still learning. I'm still fighting with the fear of hurting somebody else. Not yeah. accepting that, you know, there is a the ability to change as an individual or grow as an individual. So you don't continue down the same path that you did before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going through that with her, you know, I realized that it was so many things that I still needed to change. And um, she gave me a million chances to do it. And I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Because here we are today, you know, building together. And that's, Praise God. Yeah, that's, that's always what, what I wanted and what she wanted. And, you know, by the grace of God, here we are. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. Podcast, so that's a blessing too. Yes. Right. Yeah. I was okay. going to say, you know, that when you talk about faith, you know, especially in James chapter 2, where that, that concept is highlighted, for me, it begins in Ephesians 2.8. You know, because there's nothing we can do to win favor or win salvation from God. So Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace, ye are saved mm-hmm. through faith. It is the gift of God. And then Paul talks about, you know, the reason why you're saved. The reason why I'm telling you is this is so that you can't boast. I can't say, Lord, you didn't see how many Bible studies I did last year? You didn't see right. how many girls were in my dm and i didn't respond to them Mm -hmm. we see how many you know we can't we can't look at our works and try to win approval from god especially for salvation because again for by grace ye are saved jesus died on the cross because of grace and we will only be saved because of grace so even the same works that we're claiming to do Mm -hmm. lord look how many things i did though the real idea that Christians will have is not necessarily my works it's God's works in me, you know? So I can't, again, try to, you know, get, get brownie points with God and expect him to bless me. Because like you said, my motives are in the wrong place, you know? And that's why I was saying the first step is to forget about marriage. Because if you don't forget about marriage, every single thing you do, marriage is going to be at the back of your mind. Everything you do, it's going to be your motive to go to church. Yeah, you're gonna be sitting in a service and looking around for the new guy. Oh, who's that new guy? Oh, does he see me with my Bible? Uh, Does he does he see me with my my appropriate length dress on? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not what God wants to do. Listen, that's not what you. That's not the kind of husband that any girl wants, or the kind of wife that any man wants. You know, somebody that's gonna be like, I wonder if they're gonna do this for me because I did this. No, it's it's just blessing people because God is good, not because you want something in return. So we don't come to God with with ulterior motives like God, you better give me a husband. God, you better give me a wife because I paid my tithe. Nah, it don't work like that. Right, you can pay to you broke, and he still be mm-hmm. like, okay, and <laughs> I move, I move in my time. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, do you have anything else? No, um, I appreciate you for joining with us, Sean. This was a this is a different insight. Uh, I always like perspective, and you provide a perspective that so many people struggle with. So, uh, we I, I appreciate it. And I'm sure my wife does as well. 
Yes, I I definitely enjoyed this um, thoroughly because we talked about things that a lot of people, I guess, would brush over or, or make them cringe because, I mean, unfortunately, we all do it on purpose or by accident. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We just like, yeah, the 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 goal for some is to get married, to mm-hmm. be in that relationship or whatever. And some of us are foaming at the mouth so bad, we're just at the point to, we'll just do anything for it. And if mm-hmm. even if even if that is to try to con God. <laughs> so, yep. you know, some people just at that point to where like, you know, okay, God, like for real, like, okay, I've been going to church consecutively <laughs> for mm-hmm. six months now. No, no backsliding. Uh, I've been doing good at work. I haven't cussed anybody out. I've been, <laughs> <laughs> I've been fasting. I've been doing all this. I've been helping out more, helping with the homeless. Okay. Well, I mean, what else do you want me to do? Because mm-hmm. I've done it all. So where's my price? Mm-hmm. So yeah, That's I'm so glad good. that I'm glad we touched on that. I, I I'm glad that you spoke about how a really bad relationship motivated you and you got something good out of it to where you can help other people. And also how even in that moment of you trying to be right and and get right and thinking that you were ready to date or a court, you saw that, okay, well, maybe I'm not, <laughs> you know, yeah. that was, uh, that was honest. You didn't have to say that. You could be like, yeah, you know, I've been doing it right. I've been teaching other people, you know, I've been helping and counseling people on how to date. No, you was like, no, I actually thought I was ready. I went out here and did everything mm-hmm. wrong. And then mm-hmm. I said, okay, I needed to come back and we need to go back to the drawing board. Cause clearly this is not how this is supposed to go down. Maybe that's, that's, that's exactly what it was like. Yeah. I had to learn. I had to really unlearn and learn. Yeah. And and that's hard. You know, like how my husband said, even right now, just transitioning into the man, the husband and the father that he wants to be and laying down like those old ways and not wanting to continuously be the person that hurts, you know, his loved ones is mm-hmm. a transition. It's trans. It's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard transitioning from being someone who eats meat all the time to being a vegetarian to even being a vegan. All of that is a, is a choice and discipline that you need to have. So I am very happy that you joined us. I'm very happy you guys reached out and made this happen. I got great. Thank you. So babe, until next time. Peace. See you tomorrow.